I commented on this in class. I just want to tell you how wonderful it is to hear the sound of your fellowship as you come together. Amen? And uh, I'll get started with the service in just a minute, but uh, we'll, I just wanted to comment. It's great to hear y'all visiting, and now that I've said it, you're going to stop visiting, of course. Well, it was an eventful Sunday last week, and I'm thankful you joined us, thankful for those online that tried to join us, and I know that we uh, had trouble with our live stream going out. But isn't it wonderful that the reality of the resurrection is not a one-day-a-year thing, amen? It is for all our life and for all eternity, and we're thankful for that. That is such a powerful part of God's good news. Do want to welcome all of you here today. Again, I'm seeing some faces that is the first time I've seen you back in a while, and I'm really thankful that you're here today. I want to say for those who've maybe been here a little longer, thank you for welcoming people you haven't seen in a while to your row. Your row is different than it's been, and we're, we're glad that you've always said, yes, please sit here. We're glad to have you. And uh, for those of you still joining us online, we want to thank you and, and respect that you're continuing to, to be safe. We are looking forward to the day that we're not worried about this anymore, you're not worried about this anymore, and you can join us face-to-face -face and in this kind of fellowship. And uh, we appreciate your perseverance online, but we're looking forward to the day that we'll be back together again. And the whole church said want to point you to our Facebook page. Again, uh, it, it's, we've engaged that a little bit more this year than we have in the past, but that's not going away. And so please remember to visit LJCOC on Facebook. I think you'll be blessed by the interaction that's there. On your way in, I hope you picked up a Caring and Sharing, or of course you can download it from our website, have it with you all the time. A number of things there that you'll want to be aware of. We won't be able to mention all of them in our announcements today. But uh, we'd appreciate you keeping that handy. want to remind you that uh, although uh, things feel like they're easing and we're kind of moving back together, we're still dealing with contactless communion and contribution. So hopefully on your way in, you got your uh, little communion set, individual communion set. If you didn't, they're out in the foyer. Now would be a good time to be sure that uh, each of you has one of those. And again, uh, you've been so supportive, and you're going to be hearing in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be hearing more about the kind of financial youth support you've given us over the last year. Um, but I want to tell you that you continue to have the opportunity to give online with the QR code there. There's a box in the back you can place individual checks in, and of course, uh, the mail seems to continue to work. Don't know how much longer that'll be, but at this point, the mail continues to work. We are in the midst of our elder identification and discernment process and the last stage of this process. We've put forward the names of uh, three men, David Gay, Kevin Hunter, and Gary McBrayer. And now is the time where we as a congregation get to affirm them. Um, there are ballots out in the back. That is to say, we want to say yes, we're willing to, to have them be part of our body of elders, our eldership, our group of shepherds. Uh, just, it's been reminded several times, but I want to say again that to, to not put a yes on a name on a ballot is the same as a no. Even if you don't check no, to not put a yes is, is the same as a no. So again, I appreciate your, appreci uh, your participation in the elder affirmation process. That extends till next Sunday, is that right? All the way through services next Sunday? Okay, very good. Again, you can get ballots in the back or online. I hope you're excited. Anybody ready for a picnic? 
All right. Uh, we're going to be glad to be back out at the Millers. Uh, it, it just, the, the weather has, I, I, did you feel the north wind kind of kick in a little bit yesterday? I got up this morning and it was like, wow. And uh, I don't know, uh, the Millers do something right because more times than not, it's absolutely perfect weather when we head out there. Uh, if you haven't heard from your life group leader, please check in with them. There may be a few things that your group is needing to add to our picnic together. We'll start at 4 o'clock, eat at 6, and uh, have a little devotional to close things out. April, our mission emphasis is Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Bill Lewis is going to have a few things to say in the middle of our service as part of the prayer. And so I want to uh, encourage you to listen and encourage you to be praying about Habitat for Humanity of Southern Brazoria County. Finally, coming up at the, the last Friday of this month and then the next two days, Saturday and Sunday, April 30th through May the 2nd, is our uh, every two years we have our youth refuel retreat or weekend. Uh, youth groups from all over, the at least the southern uh, part of the state, are going to be coming to Lake Jackson for a great uh, weekend of encouragement and inspiration. And we need to provide some housing for them. And if you're willing to do that, we'd like for you to sign up. There's a sign-up list back at the Welcome Center if you want to do that longhand. If you would rather just text or call the office or text uh, Peter, he would be glad to hear from you anyway. We do need some folks to uh, be a part of that. It, it has been as uh, difficult a week uh, as I can remember in 13 years of being here in the sense of uh, the amount of loss that we're feeling from not members of our church necessarily, some are, but uh, people connected to, to our church. Uh, we mentioned last Sunday that Bernice Skinner passed away last Friday on April the 2nd. Um, we at this point, I, I reached out to Mike Whitaker this morning, didn't hear from him, and nobody's been able to affirm that we have any kind of specific uh, specifics about any kind of memorial or funeral, so uh, keep Jack and the family in your prayers. Last Wednesday, on Wednesday, Israel Jimenez, which is Sylvia and Chewy Haro's uh, son, Sylvia's oldest son, passed away on Wednesday. Again, surrounded by his family and passed very peacefully. The memorial for that is going to be here next Sunday, 2.30 uh, is when that will start and encourage you to be a part. You may not have known Israel, but you know Sylvia and Chewy, and we want to be there to support them as well. Lydia Thomas, uh, Chiffon York's mother, who has had an extended uh, struggle with health problems and particularly in these last few weeks, has, has had some COVID-related things. Uh, but in reality, it was an AFib situation that caused her to pass on Thursday afternoon. I believe there is a private, I've heard that there's a private uh, service that's going to go on tomorrow. So please keep Chiffon and Randy and that extended family in your prayers. And then finally, after the publication of The Caring and Sharing, um, Helen Cole uh, Carrie and Helen have attended here for a number of years. Uh, Helen Cole passed away, had uh, been struggling for extended period of time with just kind of um, general decline and had a stroke, not January this year, but before, and just never really recovered from that. And uh, again, passed peacefully with her husband. Her children were all there this weekend. And uh, uh, But again, please remember Carrie in your prayers. It appears that uh, the Carrie told me that the, they're, they're going to be burying her, I believe it's in Gordon, up near Stephenville, um, and probably that, that those services will be next weekend. 
their numbers, uh, Carrie's numbers are in the instant church directory if you want to reach to help them. Would appreciate you doing that. You're going to stand in a minute anyway, so would you mind standing? We're going to say a prayer. Our Father and our God, we come together as people who believe in the reality of Jesus and believe in the reality of the resurrection. We come together as a people who know that we are called not to mourn like those who have no hope, but is to instead to hold on to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. But our hearts break at the loss of sons and wives, at the loss of friends. Father, we pray for the way that you can use this congregation to minister to these different families. We pray that our ears and our hearts will be open to their needs. Father, especially in this time where, where we are concerned about social distancing and, and those kinds of things, I pray that we will reach in a, in a more dedicated way into their lives to be your blessing, to be your hands and feet of ministry. Father, each of us, every single moment of every single day are in your hands. There's no better place we want to be. And so we hold these that have passed, trusting in your faithfulness, to do as you promised, to bring them into your rest, and to raise them up when Christ returns to raise us all. But we also entrust these families into your hands. We thank you. We thank you for Jesus. And it is in his name that we all pray and we all say, Shift gears with me. One of the great proclamations of hallelujah from the psalm. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and the Lord works vindication and justice for all who are oppressed. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. For he knows how we were made. He remembers that we are dust. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Join together in worship. Good morning. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else can make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and darkness tremble? Only a holy God. What other beauty demands such praises? 
we'd like to dismiss all of our um, kids to praise kids and stage two nursery and limitless kids just remain standing as we'll move into this next song
Now, a little over a year ago, I was in the middle of a presentation on Habitat when uh, we had a member, a family member, grow ill. And Alan has said, I can present the whole thing again now. Now. <laughs> Let me read a passage for you. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I think I can be forgiven in extrapolating that one step further. I was without a proper home, and you helped build a house for me so that I could raise my family in peace. Habitat for Humanity is a, a nonprofit organization that operates in all 50 states and more than 70 countries around the world. And their objective is to team with people, organizations, and individual families to build a home that families can raise them, that parents can raise their, their children in so that they will be, feel safe and protected and loved. You might ask, how does Habitat have, uh, ownership work? Uh, first of all, there has to be an application. People have to be approved. It's not, it's not a giveaway. I, I promise you that. It is not a giveaway. We screen families to make sure that they are of good character, that they are financially sound, but they must fall within a certain level of income. One that, if they're at this level, they could always obviously afford to go out and purchase a home on their own. But within this range, it guarantees that they will be able to make that mortgage payment that will come to, to them, and they will be able to eventually own that home on their own. You might ask how you can help. One of the ways is helping with construction of a new home. Uh, we are open to assistance. You don't have to know everything about. You don't have to be a master, you know, a master craftsman to 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 do this. I consider myself a halfway decent handyman, but I've learned a lot over the last eight years that I've been intense, intensely involved in Habitat. Um, so, if you're interested show up, we'll teach you how to use, how to use the tools, and if, you know, ladies, if you've never used a nail gun, boy, powerful thing. <laughs> Another way that uh, you can help, we have, uh, Habitat has a restore. It's a store that, uh, that sells items that are still good items, but, you know, say you've decided you, you need a new living room suit. And your 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 old your old living room furniture was is in good shape, but it's just time for something new. You, those things can be donated to a, a place like Habitat for Humanity. They're cleaned and sanitized. Not that they're not that they weren't clean before, but, and then they're sold to gather funds so that uh, it covers not only the the standard costs for keeping Habitat going, but 
In this case, our next build is going to be sponsored by the ReStore. So, each of you has a talent. Each of you has abilities. Each of you has, have things that you do as a service. This is mine, and I champion it. And if you're interested in, in at all in, in assisting with that, on the table in the foyer, there are, are brochures, there are explanations of what it, what it takes to, you know, to uh, become a, a family that is sponsored into, into, into building, a, into having a home. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to express my gratitude to this church, because not only have we provided individuals who have, have, who have supported this organization, there have been a number of times that this organization has fed the build, has fed the workers while they're while we're building while we're building a home. So, thank you for your thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for your boundless mercy and grace and your generosity. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, grateful for the many opportunities you, that you give us to serve. We ask that you will always instill in our hearts a willingness to do the things that you have placed before us on this earth. We thank you for the many opportunities that we have. We thank you for the grace and the mercy and the strength that you put into our bodies so that we can do your works as we move through this time on earth. Father, as we are in this time of uncertainty with the COVID virus. We thank you for keeping us safe and healthy and strong. Father, we know that in our congregation there are, there are those who are feeling great loss. Family members are, have been taken from them. But it's not a taking to be overwhelmingly sad, for Father, they are now with you. They are in your arms. And we ask that as we surround the families of these people, of these individuals, that we are the loving arms that you extend, that we are the support and the comfort that comes from you through us. Father, continue to give us your blessing, your presence in our lives, your love, your encouragement, and the strength to go on. Father, bless, bless this congregation as we move forward with new leadership. May we always be willing to sacrifice for you. May we always be willing to do your will and to sublimate our own. Most of all, Father, we thank you for your, your loving son who came to this earth, who sacrificed for us, who taught us what it is to be a loving and grateful people. Father, we 
ask your blessings again on each and every member of this congregation. May we always serve you well. In Jesus' name we pray. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong, a perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My I'll be reading from Romans 6, 11 through 15. In the same way, count yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we 
Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. So there's the question, isn't it? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And by the way, for, for you know, good Protestants like we are in, in, in America, following in the Puritan sort of heritage, we, we come to a place where we sort of say, yes, grace is wonderful, but we're going to go out there and earn it just like we do everything else. And to a certain extent, there were people who lived in Paul's world. And what we know is if we can turn all the way back to chapter 3, and we will hear Paul hark on this idea. And there he particularly says, some of you are accusing me of saying this. As if standing and, 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 and as, as Bill said, advocating for and, and being the man who says, yes, I lived my life under the Mosaic law. I lived my life with this sense that somehow I would make myself righteous by keeping the Sabbath, by fulfilling all the the, the kosher eating habits by celebrating all the holidays and by making the Ten Commandments the rule by which I live by. Those are the things that made me right. And Paul said, I have discovered that that is worthless. I have discovered that Jesus Christ is greater than anything that the law could give. Amen? And so there were people who said, Paul, you're just telling us to all do whatever it is that we want to do. And over and over again, he says, and you pick your translation, by no means. Or you can just say no really loudly. Can y'all do that for me this morning? One, two, three. No. Okay, very good. So you hear Paul. And, and I don't know how you make letters on the page jump off, but these letters jump off. Because it almost seems that nearly the entirety of the letter is answering this question which keeps coming up over and over again, started, we first heard it in chapter 3, and in this chapter, the question is repeated twice. You would think that, that we wouldn't have to say it anymore, but, but it's repeated twice, and we are given, while the question is given twice, the answer is given in three different ways. You've already heard one of those answers in last week's sermon. We're going to move forward. Uh, Callan, thank you for your reading. Church says, let's continue in chapter 6. I'm going to pick up and repeat verse 15 to catch our key question here and then move forward. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Give your answer. One, two, three. No. You know, you can kind of come up with different phrases and things like that. You know, I know the Aggies would answer that different maybe than anybody else. They're in that habit. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves to sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. And that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you, were once, pre pre just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members, your parts, the different things that make you up, as slaves to righteousness 
for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness, so that so what advantage did so what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now ashamed? The advantage of those things, the end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is, fill it in for me, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the whole church said amen and amen. So again, continue in sin so grace increases. This is the objection that is thrown out. Paul is presenting his argument and again sort of almost like in a court of law. We haven't seen these questions in a couple of weeks and I'm putting them forward again. This one particularly. Continue in sin so that grace increases? And the answer is always by no means. And it responds in three ways. Again, last week's sermon particularly highlighted this. In verses 1 through 14, we cannot continue to sin because we have died to sin. Amen? We have died to sin and been raised to life with Jesus Christ. And this gives us this first indication that we're moving away from something that's just about, can I be good enough? Because the answer to, can I be good enough, is always no. Whether you're one of those people who have grown up in the church, and again, the Ten Commandments have always been sort of part, part of your life. You memorize them. The, the Beatitudes have been things that you've memorized. Maybe the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit have been, the fruit, excuse me, of the Spirit have been things that you memorized. And, and your mom and dad corralled you and made sure that you tried to do the things that were on the good side and not on the bad side. You didn't go with girls who did the bad thing. You didn't go with boys who did the bad things. You, you were going to live your life. But in reality, that can't be accomplished by your own power. No matter how much we would say that our environment pointed us in that direction, no matter how much we say, I tried real hard, God, God when we confess in our heart of hearts, we recognize that we cannot complete the idea of righteousness on our own. Amen? And it is here that Paul again shifts the argument from the idea of the wrath of God being revealed in the first four chapters of the book because of activity. Whether Jews under the law or Gentiles in their ignorance or even Gentiles who have accepted the law or Jews who, who have become condemning of other people because of their having the law and the ignorance of others, no matter who you are, you messed up. You didn't do it the way completely the way God said to do it. But in these chapters, sin is a different thing. It is an in, insidious monster. It is the combination of, of Mordor and the gates of, 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 of uh, the black gate that you see in the book The Lord of the Rings or the, the dark side of the movies that the Star Wars movies are about. It's a combination of all those evil things, and it is a power and a force. Chapter 7, we're going to talk a little bit about the way that force has its impact on our life. 
Because what we're doing is not just trying to be good enough. What we're doing is putting it to death. In the same way, a dragon represents a terrible, terrible enemy. The dragon has to be slain for its danger to go away. Amen? And and Paul says, in Jesus Christ, we didn't just get good enough for God. Christ put sin to death through the cross and the resurrection, and we get to join with him through the waters of baptism in putting sin to death. Amen? And because we have died to sin and we live for Christ, we can't go on sinning because it has been put to death. In verses 15 through 22, he changes the argument, and I just read it. Again, it's an argument that's difficult for us because slavery, we don't, we don't see slavery and we don't want to put slavery in any kind of light that might be good. But you need to understand, in 15 through 23, continue in sin and say, no. The key here is that you've offered yourselves as slaves to God. It offers yourselves as slaves to righteousness. You were enforced slavery under sin. It was not necessarily something you chose, but instead, because we broke the relationship with God, we were in chains and and completely in bondage. We had no choice about who we were enslaved to. In Roman culture, you need to understand that there were slaves that came from conquest. If you were fighting an enemy, you could bring the, the, the people who were conquered back as slaves. They were forced in that way. But there were many people who chose to step into slavery. Maybe they had a debt. Something was wrong and they needed some help that they couldn't provide for themselves and they could choose someone and offer themselves as a slave to someone. By the way, it was a very risky thing as someone to say, I'll take you on because you you then had to provide for them. And to a certain extent, there was even, and again, that last phrase, that last verse that I read, the wages of sin... There were actually wages that slaves would earn. I choose to give my life to you. You are going to provide for me, but there is also a little bit of a wage. And eventually, I might be able to buy myself out of my slavery. Or someone else might be able to do that. But the big thing is here is I was not, my children didn't become slaves, and I wasn't a slave for life. I was slave because I chose to be there. And oftentimes, it was only for a limited amount of time. We offer ourselves. We give ourselves as a free gift. We're not forced by God. Amen? Slave is a Sin is a tyrant. And he will take everyone he defeats as his slave. God says, I offer for you to come into my benevolence and my care and for me to provide for you. For me to give you my wages and the privileges and benefits of being with me. And so, who are we going to choose to serve? And if you've chosen to serve God, have chosen to make yourself a slave to righteousness, you can't serve sin anymore. Third, and this is an even more difficult one for us to completely wrap our arms around. It is not easy to explain. I'm not going to try to read it because it doesn't get any easier by reading it. But chapter 7, verses 1 through 6 opens with the idea of marriage. And here we particularly enter into the idea of law. That when you're married, the law binds you to the person you're married to. 
But then when that person dies, and again goes back to the first argument, something's put to death, you're free to marry another person. And the relationship that you engage in is no longer adulterous, but is blessed because something has died. Nobody is trying to tell you to kill somebody so you can be free to join another relationship. Somebody please say, Amen. Instead, he's trying to make a point that yes, you were engaged in a relationship with the law. You gave yourself to it. You told God that you were going to uphold the law. But the law through the cross has been put to death in the sense that the law was the way I made myself righteous. That's been put to death. And now I am able to be married to, to enter into a full relationship with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. Amen? Why can't I keep on sinning? Because sin's been put to death. Because I've become a slave to righteousness and because I want to be married. I want to be in the most intimate relationship possible with Jesus Christ. And the whole church said, do you want to be free? Isn't it interesting how our society talks about freedom? I don't know that we talk about it as much as we used to, but I, I can remember from early in my life, there was so much of psychology and philosophy that was built around the idea of, of everything wrong in our culture is about Puritan kind of values that have been enforced on somebody, and if we could really be free. And again, I enjoy rock and roll music, so let's not make any accusations here. But in some ways, Woodstock was this statement, we will do whatever we want, we'll do it Whenever we want and however we want, we will be free. We will put all of these ideas about monogamy and privacy and chastity away. And what we got was disease. What we got was death. And what we have come to know over years and years, and this, by the way, is one of the reasons they don't talk about it so much, is because the research points to monogamous couples being some of the happy and most fulfilled people there are. People who choose to abide by a set of principles. Do you want to be free? Satan is always selling, just like he did to Jesus, right after his baptism. You know, if you'll come be with me, I'll give you this. And if you'll come be with me, won't it look good? Won't you come be with me? You'll really be free. You won't have to worry about the rules. You won't have to worry about hurting other people. You won't have to worry about the fact that what you define love as is about always tearing other people down. You'll be free. Doesn't that sound a little ridiculous? Yes, my life has been submitted to, I have been enslaved by a desire to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. For the majority of my life, I've wanted to know what he sees as the life of loving God wholly and loving my neighbor as much as I can. And is it always easy? The answer is no. Is it always good? The answer is yes. Do you want to be free? The cost of freedom in verses 11 through 13. You need to know that those verses, you need to circle them in your Bible. I didn't tell you earlier to have your Bible open. I hope I didn't have to say that every week. But 11 through 13 is the first time in the book of Romans that Paul says, do this. 
He's been explaining a theory for five chapters, nearly six. He's going to have a whole lot more theory in chapters 9, 10, and 11. But in this verse, he says, do this. Maybe we should pay a little attention. What is the cost of freedom? Verses 11 through 13 say three things. First of all, don't let sin have control of the direction of your life. Amen? I want to go somewhere in my life. I really want to make something of myself. Well, do you want to make yourself death? Do you want to make yourself brokenness? Do you want to make yourself the source of hurting other people? Well, when you choose sin, that's the direction you go. I want to choose a different direction, don't you? I want to make the point of my life serving. I want to make the point of my life loving. I want to make the point of my life the things that I do to bring about righteousness and justice in any and every way that I possibly can. The direction. Number two, he says, don't let sin have its way in any part of you. Now, I think you know most of the definitions of this. So I'm not going to go into a whole lot of details. You know that there are things that bring more brokenness into your life and spread brokenness to others. Can you all nod your head? You're kind of aware of those things. I don't need to make a list. I want to point this one out particularly. There's a part of you that oftentimes will fail if you're anything like me. And Satan loves our failure because he takes our failure and holds it over our heads and said, look, you didn't really put sin to death. Look, you haven't really made your life a slave to righteousness. You haven't really gotten married to Jesus. And he holds that over us and says, look, you're no good at this. I'm not going to let Satan have that part. Christ invites us to confess our brokenness. Amen? The scriptures point us to confess to one another. I am never going to let Satan have that part of me. And I want to do everything I can. When I baptize someone, I will oftentimes have a conversation with them. I'm going to remember what you did today, and I'm going to always be here to remind you. Are you going to mess up? Answer. Is God going to be faithful to his promise? Answer. I'm going to be here to remind you. Finally, give yourselves freely and completely to Jesus. We're going to take the Lord's Supper in just a moment. Do we say, I want to participate in this with Christ? I want to participate in it together with each other. If I'm online, I've got my stuff ready because when we're taking here, and yes, there's a little 10-second delay, forgive us for that, but we take it together, amen? And to a certain extent, it's so beautiful that we pick a day that, that way early in the morning when the international dateline, somewhere there, Sunday morning began and people started participating in the Lord's Supper together and said, we want more of Christ. And we say, yes. I want all of Christ. I want to give myself freely to it. I want to give myself completely to it. And today, I don't know the fullness of how much Christ wants of me. Some of you have been walking this path a lot longer than I have. I'm watching you. Because I want, till the day I take my last breath, to learn a little bit more about what it is to be completely in relationship with Jesus.
that we should no longer be slaves to sin. I don't want to be a slave to sin. Does any of you want to be a slave to sin? Direction and parts and relationship. There's a song we're about to sing. It's called Pierce My Ear. I could not find the the, the independent research but the story around the song, Keith Green's the author, original author of the song, and, and I trust him. I don't see him as frivolous in what he writes about in his singing. He's passed away a long time ago. Great songwriter. God, I want to be yours, and I don't want to be yours temporarily. I want to be yours forever. A slave in the Roman culture could say to their master, say, you have cared for me in such a way that I don't want to belong to anybody else. I don't even necessarily want to belong to myself for the rest of my life. I want to be yours. And they would go to the, the gate of the, of the estate, and the owner would have a particular kind of awl, and he would take it, and you would put your ear in the awl and strike. Pierce my ear, God. I want to be yours. I want to be yours forever. I want all of me to be yours. I want to be engaged in that relationship in a way that changes me every single day. Anybody interested in coming along? If you want to join in that conversation, you're online. The number is on the screen, 979-217-3300. You're welcome to send us a message to get involved in that conversation. Let's take one little step today. If you stand and sing this song, take one little step. It says, I want to be more yours. I want you to be more mine as we stand and as we sing. Pierce my
At this time, kids are returning from uh, for the communion service. If you have uh, children at stage two um, nurseries, please pick them up at this time. I was told by Dara that if you don't, you get a free puppy. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> no, so, so as they're returning, um, we're in preparation for the Lord's Supper. Let's stand in need. In need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy raining down from high above, in need of strength, in need of peace, in need of things that only Leading up to Easter weekend, there are always uh, multiple egg hunts around the community. And Lisa and I were able to take Zoe to several, um, and I think that's where some of the extra eggs for our hunt came from. Um, but uh, there were two events that happened that really stood out to Lisa and I. First one was at a um, egg hunt provided by the Clute um, City, and there was one golden egg 
And if you found that golden egg, there was an Easter basket for the winner, and it was on our field. In fact, it was only four or five feet away from us. And there was another guy on the corner, the opposite, across from us a little bit, who saw me point at it to Zoe, and he had a little toddler who couldn't walk. As soon as they said go, he pushed some of the kids out of the way, and there was another kid who actually got there a little before him, but tripped as he was going for it and missed it, and the guy grabbed it, and he took it. Yeah, you're feeling how I felt. Um, I purposely, I saw how he was like, no, we're, we're going to get this. I was like, Zoe's going to do this hunt, and I'm just going to support her. But it got to me. And right now, it's like a week and a half later, and I'm still livid. Um, but there are some people in life that just take, take, take. Another hunt that we looked at, or we went to, uh, was actually Saturday morning before our egg hunt. And they started the egg hunt maybe a minute or two early, as people were still on their way. And there were obviously some kids that were on the way, and the egg hunt, this one only lasted like maybe two minutes. So it ended as it was supposed to start. And this little girl, without prompt from her mom, saw this kid who clearly missed it, empty basket at the end, said, here, have some of mine. An adult who should know better, and a kid who was clearly raised right. Which are you? Which are you? When we sin, we're that adult, taking, taking, taking. We're reaching our uh, needs, our wants, our desires, whatever it is. That's the sin. But when we don't give in to that, we're that kid taking from our basket and giving to others. I took a picture of one of Alan's slides. Um, the second bullet point, he said, don't let sin have its way with any part of you. And I, I think this story, looking at the two people, that, that bullet point stood out to me. Don't let sin have any, don't let sin have its way with any part of you. It's so easy for us to give in to the wants and the desires that we have. And yet, like the one song, does he still feel the nails every time I fail? Romans chapter 5, 6 through 8 reads, You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The little boy who didn't get the Easter egg because he was late to it, he didn't have the right to have the gift given to him. Should have been there on time. But 
That may not have been his fault. I blame the parents. <laughs> but the girl sacrificed some of her eggs that while he was still late, she gave. And for us, while we were still sinners, he gave. And I hope that as we take of the communion, as we tear the little paper off the top of the cup, that you remember that in all of your sins, all of my sins, our shortcomings, Christ died for us. He's the little girl giving us something that we didn't necessarily earn or deserve. Will you pray with me? Our Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to break bread. I thank you that we get to remember the body that was broken on the cross for us. We thank you for Jesus' sacrifice and his willingness. We know he prayed, not my will, but yours be done. And we thank you that he listened to your will and not his own. He wasn't for his own selfish gain, but he was there for us, each one of us. And we thank you for, again, for the sacrifice and for the, the gift that he gives us through that sacrifice on the cross. And as we partake of the bread, we thank you for, we, we just thank you for being who you are to us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Let's pray for the cup. Father God, we come before you again giving thanks and praise and honor to you for what you've done for us through Jesus. I can't imagine what it would have been like for both Jesus or yourself to, to see him die on that cross as the blood pour out. But we thank you. Help us remember this each and every day. Help us know that we need to be doing better for ourselves, for you. Help us not fall into temptation. And let us be who you need us to be. May your light shine through each of us. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. The last part there said it's a gift from God, and we've been blessed with so many gifts, and it's, it's just amazing the many things he continues to pour out for us, and although we're not going to be collecting uh, the fruit baskets, I want to thank you again for your donations, your, your gifts to the church. Um, without, without you guys, our ministries would not be possible. So I want to thank you for that. And let's pray for, for the collection. 
Our Father, we thank you again for the many things you do for us. We thank you for the, the spirit of giving that you've blessed this congregation with. Father, I just ask that you open our hearts and our minds and our wallets to be able to serve you in the way that you, you need done in this community and around the world. Father, we thank you for the many things you uh, have blessed us with. Help us not take any of that for granted. I again want to thank you for the willingness of this congregation to give in the way that they have. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two very quick updates. I uh, just got a note as church began um, that Mike um, Shirts, Sh um, Carrie and Mike Shirt. Mike has been tested positive for COVID and he wants us to remember it's in his prayer and also Shelby Farias, who's been attending with us the last few weeks, also has been tested positive, so let's keep those in our prayers. I want to welcome everybody that's uh, here today again. Uh, thank you for being here in, in person, and I want to also welcome all those that are on YouTube watching. This, this. And also thank uh, Alan for a sermon today about uh, under new ownership how Christ has enabled us to, uh, to be dead to sin and, and have sin no longer as our master, but we are alive in Christ and have made Christ the master of our life. We have several announcements that are in the bulletin or the caring and sharing, and I'll let you read those, but uh, cover a couple of them here. We are in the process of doing the elder affirmation of the new elders, and so we want to remember that. Uh, we have David Gay, Kevin Hunter, and Jerry McBrayer as our new elders, and there are ballots in the foyer. There's a white box back there that you can put your ballots in. Uh, you can get a, a ballot in the foyer. You can get it on the website, and it, the ballot itself then has instructions on, on how to get it in. You can put it in the white box, or you can mail it to church, or you could email it. So those are some several different options since we're in the situation we are right now here. Um, also, announcement, we will be having a cookout at the Miller's uh, this afternoon here starting at 4 o'clock. Um, if, you, if you've never seen a spiral cut hot dog, you'll have a chance to, to see one there. Um, but also, uh, we've invited uh, the Westside Church of Christ from Angleton. And so they, uh, if you see some people that you don't recognize, that's probably them, and, and you want to make sure that uh, you welcome them uh, there. Also, next week, we will have a business meeting immediately following the sermon here, or the service here, and that will be on, uh, continue on the live uh, broadcast, and so you, uh, you, let's remember that, and you can vote by text if you are remote. Also, the, we're continuing the open, opening doors to service. Uh, today, it was the youth and adult education. And then next week, it's going to be life groups and benevolence as the, the two uh, ministries that we'll be covering. We also want to make sure we remember the, the people that uh, in, the, in the caring and sharing, uh, in particular, we've, we had... Uh, the several people that passed away this last week here, Israel Jimenez, Sylvia and Chewy's son, 
We'll be having a memorial next, Saturday, or next Sunday at the church building here at 2.30. And Lydia Thomas, uh, Siobhan York's mother, and I guess she's going to have a private service. And then Helen Cole, uh, who passed away. And we are saddened that they are no longer with us here, but glad that they are with God now and, and no longer suffering physical pain. And I guess the prior week we also need to remember Bernice Skinner. So, so we need to remember their families at this time and, and uh, as, as we go forward. Before the prayer, I'd like to read uh, Romans 5, 1 through 5, and then Romans 8, 38 through 39. Therefore, I have been justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have obtained our induction, introduction by faith to, into this grace in which we stand. And we celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance, and perseverance proven character, and proven character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And then Romans 8, For I am convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, or anything above, or anything below, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is ours in union with the Messiah, Jesus our Lord. So let us pray. God, we want to recognize you as all-powerful, and we humble ourselves before you and thank you for the love that you have demonstrated to us. We ask that you make the work at the Habitat for Humanity be successful in providing housing for those in our community in need, and that we can help support that effort. We would like to lift up the names of those who are on our prayer list, and we ask that you apply your healing hand and your comforting hand. And we especially ask that you be with the Israel Jimenez family, Lydia Thomas family, Helen Cole, and Bernice Skinner families at this time. We have suffered the tribulations of the COVID virus this last year, and we go to you for guidance, and thank you for the vaccine that is giving us hope for the light at the end of the tunnel. Help us be patient, and thank you for help in defeating this virus. Father, we want to thank you for the grace you have given us so that we can have hope that does not disappoint, and the love that you have poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which you gave to us. We thank you for sending your Son to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it is in his name we pray. Amen. Please stand as we close. Lord, make me a servant. Lord, make me like. with God.